Our reading comes from uh, the book of Romans, Romans chapter 11, and read through to, uh, from verse 11 through to verse 24. Gentiles grafted in. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. Now if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Now I am speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous, and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world... What will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant towards the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise you too will be cut off, and even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, for God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree, and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? So far as our reading, I'd like to invite uh, Lawrence to share God's word with us. Our text verses, there's two. The one is from Romans 11 verse 22. Romans 11 verse 22. Now then, the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in His kindness. Also Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23. This is about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. It's all about kindness. And today we will find out the cost of this kindness. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, when I grew up, The elders and the deacons were still sitting 
next to the pulpit. Where they had a view on the pastor and the congregation. And they were taking their job seriously, where they were charged to keep watch over the flock of God, and where they were carefully supervising and provided for true preaching. It was beneficial and good in many ways. But elders of my childhood were serious. They had stern faces. Maybe that's how I perceived it as a child. I was a boy of about 10 years old. And the men were still standing. And the ladies were privileged to sit. Our pew was behind the pastor's wife. And she was wearing a hat with a beautiful feather of about this size that morning. And the prayer was quite lengthy. But this feather in the pastor's hat intrigued me. And I realized that if I breathed a bit harder than normally, that a feather will move from one side to another. It became a wonderful game. And I had great fun. Until I realized that some of the elders were giving me the eye. And I was in big trouble. I must confess that I did not hear a lot of the sermon. And I was quite worried about my immediate future. The elders and my dad, who was an elder as well, did have a conversation with me. But to my amazement, they were kind and loving. And even the pastor's wife had a bit of a laugh, and she, but she never wore that hat again. <laughs> and shortly after that, but I don't think it's only because of me, all hats in the church were abandoned. And that was a kindness to society as well. <laughs> as a young boy, I learned two things that day. It's better and safer to concentrate and to concentrate and pay attention. But the best lesson that I could have learned was that God's people are kind, loving. And if they have to correct you, they will do this in a loving way. So what is kindness? According to the Tyndale Bible Dictionary, kindness is the state of being that includes the attributes of loving affection, sympathy, friendliness, patience, pleasantness, gentleness, and goodness. Kindness is a quality shown in the way a person speaks and acts. How important is kindness? In a study of 37 cultures around the world, 16,000 people were asked about the most desired trait in a part partner. For our young people, it's not about attraction or physical attraction. But the most desired trait in a partner is kindness. People want to be treated kindly. This is our society. But they have a hard time being kind themselves. And a lack of kindness is epidemic to society. And this is so true of our society today. People want to be shown kindness and acceptance, but in return they show little kindness themselves. Why should we be kind to one another? Especially non-believers, our passage. 
Kindness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, but a fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And we need kindness in this world. We need kind and loving people to follow, most importantly, in the footsteps of Jesus. We need people with compassion. We need people with big smiles when we come into a church building. People with big hearts. We need people that can forgive. And we can that be that people because of God's kindness to us. And through our kindness, we will preach the gospel. And so the Apostle Paul reminds us how God was kind to us, how He saved us in Jesus, and He gives the motivation to be kind as well in our text verse, provided you continue in His kindness. In Romans 11, Paul was thinking about his own people. Their history. But also how they rejected the Lord. And this saddened him for obvious reasons. Himself was a Jew, Israelite. A member of the tribe of Benjamin. And he wanted God's kindness for his own people. And so will everyone. And he did everything so that they could hear God's gospel and act of kindness in Jesus. And sometimes people understand our Bible reading wrong. And it can be dangerous. John Ernest from Poway, Caliph in the USA, walked into a Jewish synagogue. He murdered one woman, injuring three other people, including a young girl in April this year, when the Jews and the Jewish nation celebrated their Passover. What the most concerning was that Ernest was a member of an OPC congregation. Any of you know them? That's the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. We have close ecumenical relationships with them. This is a church that looks like yours and mine in Lang Warren. A church that holds to the Reformed Confessions. And his father was an elder, 19 years old. He attended church regularly. And in his manifesto, the writer spewed not only incentive against Jews and racial minorities, but also Christian theology. And Jewish people, in his view, were guilty from killing Jesus. They killed my Savior, he said. They deserve to die. And he believed his intention to kill Jews would glorify God. Is this the truth? John clearly did not understand our passage. God's kindness that was shown to us. And so the Apostle Paul explained to us God's kindness in our Lord Jesus Christ to the Jewish nation and all nations. Where God called the people of Israel in Jeremiah 11 verse 6, an olive tree. And therefore, the terminology of an olive tree in our passage. The Lord once called you an olive tree, beautiful with good fruit. And this image with the olive tree with its fruit was the Old Testament church of Israel. 
where the people of God honored God, worshipped Him in word and deed. And we know the history. But a covenant of people, covenant people of God, Israel, rejected their Messiah because they wanted to be saved on their own terms, through the law, not through grace. They did not want God's want, did not want God's grace, and they worship idols and bales. And because of that, some of the olive trees' branches were cut off, and they rejected God's kindness in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. But despite their rejection, God was still faithful. God kept His covenant promises, the promises He made to the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings 19. He kept 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Romans 11 verse 4. That there's still a remnant of Israel. They were chosen by grace. And this remnant, or this elect, you can say as well, believed in Jesus as the Messiah, the only way, the truth, and life where God did not forget his own people. And Paul himself was a believing Israelite. He himself is a testimony of God's grace to his people. But even with Israel's sin, even with the hardness of their hearts, we experience God's grace and kindness in the world. God also had a purpose with Israel's hardness of heart. With Israel's fall, salvation came to the Gentiles, the heathen nations. Branches were broken off. Unbelieving Israel. And wild olive shoots, the Gentiles were grafted in among the others. And together they share now in the nourishing root of the olive tree. Verse 17 of your Bible reading. This means that Israel was the original receivers of God's promises. And through five Gentiles were grafted in again into the olive tree. And through God in Jesus, Gentiles are now heirs. And through faith in God's covenant promises. And that's why your children can be baptized. They receive God's covenant promises. Together with Israel, who believe in Jesus. This was God's kindness to the whole world. Where we were saved while we were still sinners. Romans 5 verse 8. And God did this through Jesus. And through faith in Jesus alone. Galatians 3 verse 29. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring. According to the promise. Where all believers have in the true faith received Jesus as the Lord. Receive Him as the Christ. Receive Him as our Savior. And therefore we are called Christians. Where we are implanted in a true faith. In Jesus now. The true vine. John 15. And through him we are part of God's covenant. And we can share in God's promises. Just as Israel could. This was God's grace and kindness in Jesus. And Jesus and faith in him alone is the only way to be part of God's promises. Only through Jesus you can be saved. John 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. But all God also promised that I will be a God and you will be my people. And we are now sanctified by Jesus' blood. 
His blood was the cost of God's kindness. My topic. Out of grace, our children and us can be part of God's covenant. And we can be heirs of the promises in Jesus. Jesus was God's kindness. His death was the cost of God's forgiveness and the ultimate kindness that God showed to us by giving His own Son to die for our sins. And God gave an answer of love while we were still sinners. And in His righteousness, He provided a sacrifice, Jesus. And Jesus took our sins upon Him. And He satisfied God's justice on the penalty of our sin, temporarily and eternally. And His blood has justified us. He saved us from God's wrath. And since God loved you in the past, His promises, He will also love you in the future. And you will not fall out of His hands. These are promises of the covenant that are yours and your children. And you, His people, are grafted in Jesus through the Holy Spirit and the true faith and should continue in His kindness. Verse 22. The Word and Spirit are now dwelling in us, in us, and therefore we are portraying His fruit, or the fruit of the Spirit, as His church. Kindness is one. But a million dollar question, how can we be kind as God's people? In gratitude for God's kindness to us. The first thing Paul said, do not be arrogant towards the branches. Verse 80. This branches, or original branches, is Israel. We see a lot of hate, like earnest, towards the Jewish nation or other nations. And sometimes it's even from Christians. Paul warned against that. Remember that they were the original branches. It's true, Paul said, those branches were broken off of their unbelief, so that we might be grafted in. What should we do? Paul answers that we should stand fast or fast in our faith. Verse 20, stand fast in your faith in difficult times. Stand fast in your, t- in your faith when people are lovers of themselves, where people are unkind, when people are unfaithful, don't attend church anymore, when we see euthanasia, abortion, and all those ugly things that are propagated to- today. Stand fast in times of sickness. And remember that you are here today only because of God's kindness and grace in Jesus. And Paul continued that the gospel went to the pagans to make the Jews jealous. Verse 11. Why? So that they too can embrace God and Jesus and the true faith again. And if they believe, they will be grafted in again in the olive tree. And this was Paul's comfort to the Jews in Romans 11. But how can we make the Jewish nation jealous? Through kindness. Proclaiming the gospel. Living according to God's words. And so the church's task is to be a light to the nations, to the Jewish nation, but also to other nations, so that they can be grafted in the olive tree and receive God's promises as their inheritance. 
And we should be kind to others so that they can experience God's kindness. And through that, we are living in the Spirit and show the ultimate kindness in proclaiming the gospel. The greatest kindness you can show to your children is loving Jesus, telling them about Jesus. You can do everything. You can come from a distant country to Australia, but if you neglect that, you neglect God's kindness. And therefore, Paul says, be kind. Make them jealous by being faithful to the word of God as his church, to be just, forgiving, and be kind through love to all nations, and not only your own. Be kind to the lonely, be kind to the young, be kind to the elderly. Consider one another. Before you criticize, before you belittle, before you gossip, be kind. Before you exclude, include, be kind. If you correct, do this in kindness with the gospel and God's kindness in Jesus always in your hearts and thoughts. This is the gospel. Ask, what would Jesus do in such a situation? And we know. Jesus looked at the multitudes. Matthew 9 verse 36. Even though he knew there would be no compassion and kindness for him, he looked at them with compassion and kindness. Therefore, Church of God, you are called in this time to be kind. To be kind in a world that is not kind anymore. Be kind even though they are hostile towards you. And we praise the Lord for His providence. We praise for the Lord that a Christian prime minister can be elected again. But if there is persecution, be kind. If you suffer, remember God's kindness to you and pray that your enemies too can experience God's kindness and redemption in Jesus. There's not a lot of kindness, but don't be amazed. Don't expect kindness from this world. And remember that we are not from this world, but belong to God. Kindness is expected from us because we have God's Spirit dwelling in us. I want you to think. Just remember the times you were unkind because people were unkind to you. Maybe you had a good reason. But this was a lost opportunity to show God's kindness. And as we look today in Australia at the people around us, the multitudes that are lost, the multitudes that don't know better, we too should be moved with compassion and kindness as Jesus once looked at the multitudes. And we too should be helping, giving, sharing, caring, encouraging, extending mercy, filled with compassion and acting in kindness. May the fruit of kindness blossom in the Christian Reformed Church of Mansfield. 
May the fruit of kindness blossom in you. And give that hand to forgiveness today because of God's kindness shown to you. And above, above all, may we strive to follow in the footstep of Jesus and continue in the kindness God showed to us. I want to conclude with the question, how kind were you lately? Consider what God has done in Jesus. Let His Spirit convince you to live in His kindness. And I'm convinced that the world, the world around us, Australia, can be changed through kindness. That's why you are the Lord's church. That's why He have put you here. That's His answer to the world. And that's you. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace, your kindness shown to us. Our Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes when we look at the world, Father, and we see no love, no kindness, you assure us that we shouldn't be amazed, but that we should return hostility with kindness. The gospel. Because your spirit is living in us. And we have your spirit and the fruit of the spirit in our hearts. Father, forgive us where we were not kind. Let us show love to everyone around us. Let us be kind to one another. Let us include and not exclude let us be gracious and speak and talk graciously. Let us love as you have loved us. We have such an important task as your church. And we are your church. Bless your church here. For in our prayers we pray... for the proclamation of your word. And we thank you for your faithfulness over many years. We thank you for your church. And we pray that you will be with us. In Jesus' name, amen.